Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at Patreon.com slash Partners in Crime Media. This week's Lottery Marathon winner is Becky Azen of London, England. Becky will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at LawAndOrderPodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Lonnie Diane Rich. And these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedures, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories, these are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And Today we're looking at The Mothership Law & Order, Season 20, Episode 2, Just a Girl in the World. I could see Jim's motive to kill his fiance, but I don't see Emma's motive. You know, all of this would be a lot simpler if Detective Lupo hadn't jumped into the sack with Miss Kim. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and host of Crime Writers On and Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcast, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. Hi, Kevin. And rounding out our panel is our special guest, Chipperish Media Boss Girl and five-time returning guest, Lonnie Diane Rich. Hi, Lonnie. Hey, guys. I'm so glad to be back. I mean, clearly somebody must have canceled on you in the last minute. And I love being <laughs> the person who will always come in. You guys could call me an hour before the show was to go on, and I would still come here because it's always so much fun to see you. Is that what happened? Oh, well, no. we have to we have to give you at least two hours so you can watch the episode. <laughs> That's true. And take my notes. <laughs> and take your notes. Lonnie, you always say to love what you love, and we like to steal that line because it's really great. But what if you love a TV show that might have socially problematic elements in today's viewing? (laughs) I think that that is a great opportunity to do some learning and some introspection. And also, like, everything is complicated. Things are complicated. And just because something has some bad elements doesn't mean that it's not lovable in other ways. So acknowledging the problems... And then, you know, focusing on the stuff that you love about it, I think, is the only way to handle it. I say that as somebody who talks a lot about shows from the 90s, you know. Thank Um, God. Yeah. Because we have a whole (laughs) podcast about very problematic TV shows. (laughs) Well, I wasn't talking about Law & Order. I was talking about Mr. Rogers. (laughs) (laughs) He was a troublesome little scamp. Yeah. (laughs) That tiny train was real problematic. Tiny train, yes. (laughs) A little cat puppet. Oh, my God. Lady Elaine, can you believe what she I mean, said that seriously, time? Seriously, Rogers, do better. Yeah, right. <laughs> is, it, Friday. Is, it, is it wrong to think that Lady Elaine was a lesbian? <laughs> Jesus, Kevin. No, she's not, not a lesbian. King Friday, so patriarchal. Yes. <laughs> now let's take a look at the first half of this episode, Law and Order Season 20, Episode 2, Just a Girl in the World. Crime scene investigator Daisy Chow is having a really bad week. First, she tries to move a decomposing body and rips the leg right off the body. Then she really brings work home by being stabbed to death in her apartment. 
Her fiancé, Jim, the graphic artist, doesn't have a really great alibi for the weekend her body was sprawled on their floor. I left Friday night uh, around 7. Daisy wasn't home yet. I went to my parents' place in the Adirondacks. You stopped for gas or go through any tolls? No, I took the Taconic. Okay, we're going to need to talk to your parents. They weren't there. It's just me. Lupo and Bernard learned before Daisy's death, someone bought a size 2 Victoria's Secret red baby doll with her gift card, and $1,800 was withdrawn from her bank account. They're ready to pounce on Jim when they get a call about another Asian woman being attacked with a knife. Emma Kim is a young music critic for a magazine with a rare kidney disease, expensive medication, and eyes for character actors who play Jesus in TV miniseries. <laughs> Emma says her attacker was a livery driver who had a thing for Asian girls, wore sandals, and liked Tweety Bird. She's too scared to go home, so Lupo says, hey, why don't you spend the night at the precinct? It's fine. Her description leads them to Nestor Maldonado, and Daisy's former co-workers in the lab find her blood in the guy's car. Emma comes in for a lineup, and before picking out Maldonado, she holds hands with Lupo. She asks the cops for a ride home, and Lupo offers to take her. When they get to the apartment, Emma invites him in for tea. And the T stands for trim. <laughs> oh, it's good, Kevin. It's very good. Haven't heard that one in a while. Yeah, okay. It's pretty good. <laughs> At a hearing, Emma testifies to her lineup ID. But the defense attorney catches Rubarosa off guard by disclosing the handholding. The judge dismisses the identification. And the murder case has stalled. Back at Emma's apartment, she and Lupo are getting ready to fuck. And while looking for a <laughs> towel in the bathroom closet, he finds a size 2 Victoria's Secret red baby doll. All right, you know this is going to be a bat shit crazy episode when they literally rip the leg off of a dead body. On three. <laughs> One, two, three. No! Damn it! Take it easy. Colin, it totally sucks. So I have a question. Is this not Daisy's job? To rip legs off? To like be at body scenes, right? So why are they acting like it's the first time this has ever happened to either one of them? Like This is their job, right? Do Do you think, Lonnie, I mean, not having worked as a medical examiner, do you think it's common to to pluck limbs off of dead corpses like the tail off a hamster (laughs) i would imagine that if she had been doing that job for a while that she would have seen a lot of things like that i will say Mm -hmm. that when i was watching it and the leg came off the dead body (laughs) i just and this is in the first like 30 seconds of the episode i just screamed and i was like what in hell are these people making me watch like, <laughs> <laughs> did it seem like they were being careful with that potential crime scene to you guys? No, the other guy was like trying to wedge the body out of the muck with a pizza peel. It looks like <laughs> this is like a- one of those situations. You know, we've seen so many episodes of this show. Yeah, when they mm-hmm. don't let anybody walk near a body, they like pick up evidence with a pencil so that like nobody will touch anything. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. literally ripped a leg. Off of the body, trying to pull it out of a hole. 
what is yeah. going on in yeah. his office. There's got to be so much paperwork that goes with that. <laughs> There's a lot in this episode that has me asking questions like, did did this, was this a rough draft done in a couple of hours that they just said, <laughs> film it and let's move on? <laughs> yes. Like IMDb has searchable tags for the different episodes. Yes. It lists, I don't know if you knew that. Uh, this episode's tags include Con Woman, mm-hmm. White Tea, Tweety Bird Decal, mm. Painful Sexual Intercourse, <laughs> and Leg Pulled Off. <laughs> in all of IMDb, Leg Pulled Off is in five other movies. Yeah. One of them is like Cockneys versus Zombies or something. How many of them are Thanksgiving movies? <laughs> <laughs> Wishbone, I get my wish. <laughs> hey, speaking of painful sexual intercourse, AVB got HPV. I know, it's so sad. I don't understand, Dr. Knight. I've only been with this man for a month. Oh, you were infected long before that. There hasn't been anyone else. I mean, not since my ex-husband, and that was five years ago. I'm... Could Yes, you could have been infected five years ago. There's a vaccine that protects against the virus, but it wasn't available back then. Here's where we learned that Van Buren has stage two cervical cancer, which, to add insult to injury, is the result of getting a sexually transmitted virus from her cheating ass ex-husband. Maybe. I mean, well, what they don't really explain is that she also could have gotten it when she was like 17 and the virus could oh, have yeah. like been latent in her body this whole time. And then she could have gotten that, that, ha- that is the basis for several PSAs that I've seen. Listen, for that, yeah. you could get the virus when you're 16 or 18 or 25 mm-hmm. and then get cervical cancer like when you're 50. So it doesn't have to be your ex-husband. And that may have been some medical misinformation that was just left in the show without correction. And that bothered me a tiny bit. Well, it's bullshit. It's her ex-husband. Right? <laughs> I will say that um, if you're getting your medical information from Law and Order, hmm, yeah, then there's time. There should be a moment to sit down and reflect. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, they give Esther Patham Murkison three minutes an episode uh, this entire season to run with the storyline bit by bit, and I think. That she does a great job, yes. Rebecca, mm-hmm. with this, if you think back. Yes. And, and then f- we also learn that the benefits in the uh, New York Police Department apparently suck because she worries about money for paying for her cancer. Yeah, like they the have to have like a happens. fundraiser or something. Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually oh the very last scene mm-hmm. of the Law & Order series is that she gets a phone call at her own fundraiser from the doctor explaining that uh, she's in remission. She doesn't. Yes. And her boyfriend <laughs> is really nice. Yeah, her boyfriend is Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters. Oh, That's the I love new him. man in her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, her first thought was, my new boyfriend gave me HPV when it should have been, <laughs> you gave your new boyfriend HPV. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody has HPV. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how everybody has herpes. Like eighty percent of people things. have herpes. Like you don't exactly. You can be. Te- you can't be tested for it. You can't know that you have it until something happens. You know. Right. I mean, it's one of those things that it's just like you know. I mean, and yeah, her ex husband may have given it to her or may not have, but he still sounds like a son of a bitch either way. So I would yes. say you know this isn't a further indictment on his character. I don't know. Yeah, now speaking of blasting ectoplasm. Oh, um, God. Are we? Well, I'm just trying to string Bring it, it back together. To Ghostbusters. Here. We got a little segue going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Daisy got into a fight because she found a used feminine wipe that her fiance, Jim, claims he used to, to quote, clean up some gunk. 
Gunk as in spooge, right? I mean, yes. you could call it gunk. Yes. Can we just say something real quick? Yes. The feminine hygiene wipe industry is a fucking sexist sham. <laughs> just want to throw it out there. There's a whole like whole thing about women and hygiene that is disgusting. Yeah. And that whole industry sucks. And I know it was just a plot point here. and doesn't really matter. But it always raises my feminist tackles, and I just wanted to say something real quick about it. So the fight was Jim is saying, "Oh no, I just I was um, I just used it to wipe something up." Does he, he knows what her job is, right? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "Hey, I'm gonna bring this cum stained cotton and rayon napkin to work with me and run every fucking test on it just as soon as I reattach this leg to the corpse." That's unethical. You're not supposed to use your work stuff to test your boyfriend's shit. Just like you're not supposed to run. Oh, your- that's unethical. <laughs> that's unethical. <laughs> Did you stop watching after the sixth minute? (laughs) Mother of God. So we get to see someone before they were famous. Before they were famous. Who is playing the fiancé and graphic artist doofus Jim Anderson? I have no idea. Oh, that's Sonny Carisi, my friend. What's that actor's name? Sonny Carisi. Oh, Rebecca, that's Peter Scaravino. <laughs> yes, it is. Sonny, otherwise known as Sonny Carisi. Daisy asked me to get that money. She was she was stressed out on the wedding. She wanted to go to a day spa. A spa. 160 Law and Order Universe appearances <laughs> on five different shows, but most people know him as Dominic Sonny Carisi on Special Victims Unit. His IMDb page says that he is best known for his performance in the movie Deception. No, it doesn't. In which he played a desk clerk. Someone is not keeping up on their IMDb page. But seriously, this guy went from being the scumbag guy who draws to being a DA. I am very proud of him. I think his nieces are also very proud. Uh, Peter Scaravino briefly quit acting to get his certificate in culinary arts from the French Culinary Institute in New York. Wow, good for That's him. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, he's from Denver, but he's a big fan of the New York Islanders. And during lockdown, he bought one of those season tickets where you had a cardboard cutout of yes. yourself yes. in the seat. It wasn't as flat as this performance, though. Yes. <laughs> well, let's get to our Hey, It's That Girl. Hey, it's that girl. Who is playing our femme fatale, Emma Kim? For your information, I take good care of myself. I take my meds when I can afford them because, jam the stupid magazine I write for doesn't pay any benefits. Her name is Camille Chen. She was Miss New Hampshire. <gasps> Shut up! Miss New Hampshire in the film Miss Congeniality. Oh, not oh. really Miss New Hampshire. <laughs> no. Uh, she had a recurring role on Matthew Perry's Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, mm. and she played herself in House Hunters Renovation. Really? She played herself? Yeah, there was probably some bullshit problem with a water heater and a load. The basement. Bearing, but yeah, yeah. It was, so who knows? Flooding basement, little wetness. <laughs> but she was also in a Super Bowl commercial. She was one of the two astronauts driving the moon buggy on the surface of the moon in that Allstate commercial. Hmm. Hard to tell because she's wearing like one of those <laughs> astronaut head things. Uh, she was also an astronaut floating on the International Space Station eating Twizzlers. Mm-hmm. And some of her other great commercial roles, she played mom trying to prepare dinner in a Red Baron pizza commercial. Good for her. Okay. Can you guess how that might have turned out, the conflict in that? <laughs> I'm going with mom got the pizza. <laughs> is that how story works? That's how that story works. That is how story works. <laughs> nice, Rebecca. I see what you did there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I just you. wrote your book for you, Lonnie. Problem solution. Yes. Uh, she also played Girl at the Pool with Wendy for Wendy's mm. and 
Lady negotiating for the best furniture deal for Experian. Okay. <laughs> there you go. We do have a couple of Hey, It's That Guys. Hey, it's that guy. Can you name the actor playing Judge Maxson? No. No. Your Honor. I cannot abide physical contact between a detective and a witness during the lineup. I'm suppressing the identification. That's Chris Mulkey. You may remember him as Hank Jennings in Twin Peaks. Nope. No? Okay, you didn't watch Twin Peaks. <laughs> he was a deputy in the movie First Blood, and he was the one who got Rambo to snap for the first time by forcibly shaving him with a dry razor, and then he went into the woods and fucked everybody up. Nope. <laughs> no? Okay. I mean, how toxic masculine do you think Lonnie and I are that we're like watching First Blood every weekend? Mm-hmm. Well, I just, it's a classic. It was the First Blood. Is it? I, you know, Rambo 2 is kind of derivative, but anyway, I'll just. And people say that women like true crime, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> in uh, 1985, he appeared in a music video for Super Tramp. <laughs> Uh, the song was called, you like laughing at Super Tramp. It's funny. It's a funny name. Uh, the Brother Where You Bound. Mm. He played a defense technician who dared to disagree with the military's plans for war in space. And then he goes on the run. The song lasted almost 17 minutes. 17 minutes of lasers and flying motorcycles and guys on fire and saxophones and key changes and reverb. And they wonder why it wasn't played on the radio. Yeah. How'd we miss that one, Rebecca? It's a very fleshed out character and script for a music video. Someone said, oh, Michael Jackson did it in Thriller. It's the future of of music videos. (laughs) And always will be. And always will be. Do you recognize the actor playing defense attorney Bill Murphy? No. The New York City Police Department framed an innocent man. And when that case fell apart, you went looking for another poor sap to take his place. Isn't that right? That's Remy Aubergenois. Five Law and Order Universe appearances over three shows. He's a dead ringer for his father, the late actor Rene Aubergenois. From Deep Space Nine. Yeah, he yes. played Odo in Deep Space Nine. He was Father Mulcahy in the, the original movie MASH. Uh, and most famously as the stuffy Clayton in the sitcom Benson. I gotta say, he's not a dead ringer, otherwise I totally would recognize him. Okay, well, he's... <laughs> his headshot, you know, that's a big... I know that Lonnie's favorite performance of his was as McLeish in the cartoon Pound Puppies. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. How about this? Did you recognize the actor playing the correction officer? By the way, that's how it's listed. Correction (laughs) officer. The guy who helped loosen Emma's leg shackles. (laughs) All right. Well, that's that guy's name is Chad Lindsay. I'd play a clip, but he didn't say anything. He did not. (laughs) But I, I had to I had to point him out because in 2009, while he was waiting for the C train at Penn Station, he spotted a drunk guy fall off the platform and strike his head on the rail and pass out while a train was coming. So he jumped down, pulled him up, and hoisted him up on the platform while the train is bearing down on him in the station and, and jumped out. They both got out. The interesting thing was that at the time that this happened, he was in a play called Casper Hauser in which he had to carry a character who couldn't walk. He had to do it all over the stage multiple times a night, pick a guy up and move him around. So it's like oh he had God. been preparing. It's like Owen Meany. Owen Meany, exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was like he took the shot. Amazing. I think I, I think I know. I think I heard about that guy. Didn't the guy he saved end up in a coma, and then he told the guy's family that they were engaged so that he could go check out <laughs> in the hospital <laughs> and then fell in love with his brother, right? I mean, I've yes. heard that story. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it kind of happened while I was sleeping. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, the guy, the play he was in was called Casper Hauser. I'm just glad he wasn't appearing in Stomp. <laughs> Bernard can sense that Emma is getting too friendly with loops. You think? He calls them loops. And he has this remark. I see where this is going, loops. The next thing you know, she'll be friending you on Facebook. Funny. <laughs> what year was this? Uh, 2009, Nine, 2010. Yeah. That's yeah. about right, yeah. Yeah. Hey, next thing you know, she's going to like a whole bunch of your photos on Instagram. But like <laughs> photos from like three years ago, she had to scroll down a whole lot and it's creepy. Instagram wasn't there yet, my friend. Facebook was new. Remember, MySpace was 2007. Facebook was invented like 2007-ish in the college campus situation. So this is really, Facebook is new. It's like the that height was hot, of Facebook. Yeah. Hot new reference in 2009. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. Cutting edge. They weren't even using fake social media names like FaceSpace yet on Law and Order. <laughs> face, face. Check out his face union page. Face union. That's right. <laughs> so they're about to, you know, go inside to do it. Would it be against the rules if you stayed with me while I made a pot of tea? They signal that they're going to get it on by doing this 1940s cinematography thing where they have like this rising crane shot looking down and then fading to black. But when they did that, I noticed that Lupo follows her into the apartment and then leaves his umbrella outside on the stoop. (laughs) This is New York. Is he expecting that umbrella to be there when he gets out? Sure. What? Really? What do is you, it was it is it like city bike where you just like dump it on the street and someone when you're done with it and someone else gets it when they want it? What do you think about the world, Kevin? There's people just like waiting around waiting to steal umbrellas constantly. You can leave your umbrella outside most places. It'll be like who's gonna take an umbrella? Somebody who doesn't have one and it's raining. <laughs> the actual fuck. <laughs> Uh, so back at the apartment, Emma hints that she needs money because she has a rare kidney disease and can't afford her medications. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> so here's how Lupo gets ready for a night of bumping uglies. Right? <laughs> he, he brushes his teeth with his finger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... He finds the only red baby doll from Vicky's in a city of 4.3 million women. Yeah. Realistic? No. No? (laughs) Lupo goes into her bathroom. Yeah. Does the finger wipey toothbrush thing, which good for him. They're fucking, right? So he should just be using her toothbrush at that point. Because at that point- You're about to put your mouth in her mouth. When you are sleeping with someone, it is an unwritten rule that at that point you can just use your toothbrush. Everybody knows that. They may say, ew, but everybody knows that that's true. Mm -hmm. Whether you think it's gross or not, it's just true. Mm -hmm. It's just one brush. Second, at that point, he goes into her closet. He finds the, what is it called? The baby doll? Ew. Anyway, he <laughs> finds it's lingerie. It. It's fine. He knows. He figures it out. Yeah. And then he gets into bed with her anyway. I am so tired. I mind if we just hold each other tonight. Well, of He's a course guy. he yeah. does. Is that a man move or what? Well, and then- you know, you know, uh-huh. he woke up the next morning and was like, I gotta get one more in before I, before yeah. I like well, talk no, about the night, story. He's like, this is, this is how we're supposed to believe he has ethics because that night he's like, how about we just cuddle, right? Exactly. So I'm like, but you're still in the bed 
with this woman who you suspect of being like, you know, if in cahoots, if not a stone a cold murderer. murderer. Yeah. Like, isn't that the point where you say, hey, you know what? Got a meeting early in the morning or whatever. He's the only guy in the world who doesn't have the ability to come up with some lame excuse to get out of a woman's bed. Right. Yeah. You know, he just wanted to get in one more time in the morning. That's right. I, he's going to yeah. pretend he forgot. <laughs> right. Yes. That's right. He's going to get up in the morning real quick, do a little brushy with the finger again, get uh-huh. back into bed, pretend he forgot, and then go to work and be like, oh, shit, you know what I just remembered? I just if, realized. If it, <laughs> hey, if it works out, he's got to put more than toothpaste on that finger. <laughs> <laughs> also, real question, Lonnie. Yeah, huh? Do you keep your 90s in your bathroom closet or do you keep them <laughs> In a chest of drawers in your bedroom where you sleep, yes or no, Lonnie Diane Rich? Well, this go. is one of the most probing questions I've ever been asked, Rebecca, and I thank you for yes. that. I keep them in my walk-in closet off of my bedroom. So, Correct. Yes, exactly. Ah. But again, but this is Where do you your... keep the bathroom towels, though? But were you to have feminine hygiene wipes... Yes, exactly. But were you to have feminine hygiene wipes, where would you keep those? Perhaps in your bathroom closet? Yes or no? No, obviously you keep it in the junk drawer. (laughs) Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. All right, now let's take a look at the second half of this episode. Lupo suspects his new booty call may have something to do with Daisy's murder, and Bernard flips his shit about it. If this case goes south because of this, it falls on you and me both. Well, I'm sure your buddies at IA can cover your butt. Hey, you, you see the defiant ones? Tony Curtis and Sidney Poitier? Yeah. Yeah, well, we are chained in this together, partner. When you cross that line, you bring me with you. Now, you may not have anybody depending on you anymore, but I do. Not only do I need this job, I like this job. Seems Jim has done some graphic design work for Emma's magazine. He admits they met, had an affair, and he gave Emma money from Daisy's account to buy her medications. Jim says he didn't kill his fiancée, but Emma said she knew a way to keep the cops off his case. When Van Buren hears about how Lupo knows about the red baby doll, she flips her shit. That night, at Emma's apartment, Cyrus is wearing a wire, but he can't get her to say anything. The squad arrests her anyway and finds the lingerie and the receipt from Daisy's gift card. Emma says she's not the killer. Jim says he's not the killer. What about Maldonado, the guy you already arrested and said was the killer? Well, the crime tech admits to planting Daisy's blood in the car, hoping it would put his friend's killer away. DNA evidence from that discarded feminine wipe proved that Emma and Jim had sex and that Emma doesn't have the kidney disease she claimed. Lupo and Bernard track down former lovers who say she conned them out of money to pay for other fake illnesses. Daisy was about to discover her grift, and that's why Emma killed her. At trial, Lupo has to admit to breaking his oath by sleeping with a witness, which 
come on, for New York, is probably the least horrible thing that they do. Mm. On the stand, Emma spins a tale that Lupo ex- extorted sex from her, and just as Cutter has her backed into a corner of her own fabrications, Emma turns to the judge and says, mm, you said we were going to spend a weekend together. And the judge flips his shit. He threatens a mistrial, but Cutter says, now nah, let's keep this crazy train rolling, see where it goes. <laughs> Back on the stand, the prosecutor goads Emma into claiming, the judge wants me, Lupo wants me, Jim wants me, all these other dudes want me, even you, Mr. Cutter, want me. Which she punctuates by grabbing her crotch and moaning yeah. on NBC. Yeah. The jury convicts her for the murder, and even while she's being taken away, Emma's flirting with the correction officer. So why would Emma think a guy who draws pictures for a music magazine would have the deep pockets necessary for this grift? Very good question. (laughs) That is a plot hole, especially when you see all of her handsome and well-dressed ex-boyfriends. Plot (laughs) hole. Yeah. Good point, Kevin. Good point. I guess I guess they need a, a story doctor for that one. <laughs> the, the chronic kidney disease, right? Yeah. First of all, that is the generic brand name for whatever mm. it is that mm-hmm. she might yep. have had. Emma's DNA, it tested negative for the gene for chronic kidney disease. They test her blood. It tests negative for the gene for this genetic chronic kidney disease. Um... You know, and I'm just thinking, did they film this with a placeholder still in the script? Because like, well, you have you to what. have some specificity with that. There are a number of things that could go wrong with your kidneys that could be chronic. And everything, like, there's a certain point, like, the first half of this episode was, you know, like, nuts. But the second half, it just goes, it takes a left turn and just stumbles through, like, this weird cabbage patch of crazy. What is this? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. They say, like, she doesn't have the gene for chronic kidney disease. That's because there is no gene for chronic uh, kidney disease. Yeah, the writers did actually mess that up, and it's been pointed out. They don't have that kind of thing, numbnuts. That's why she does have the con artist chromosome. (laughs) Yeah, so it shouldn't have been a gene. It should have just been, we looked at her vagina juices and there was no chemical that would say she had a kidney disease. Or we checked with her doctor... Because doctors are people. <laughs> we, look, we, look, we looked at her urine, and there was no sign that she had any kind of kidney disease or whatever. Yes, that's yeah. true. So they bust in to serve this warrant on Emma. Emma Camp, we have a warrant for your arrest for obstruction. Hook her up. Everything goes. Clothes, shoes, the works. Ladies in the back, second shelf. And Van Buren tells the team to start searching everywhere. And Lupo starts saying... Guys, don't bother. My DNA is everywhere. It's yeah. there. Yeah. It's there. It's up there. Yeah. It's under that. It's on the tube of her toothpaste where I stuck That's my right. nasty finger. That's right. It's inside Do the refrigerator. Do not bring the black light, guys. Do not bring the oh, black God. light. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, right, so they, they talk to a guy in Boston who says Emma has been using- A hot guy. Mm-hmm. A different name uh, and scammed out of him thousands of dollars for a heart operation. I actually, I got a call a couple weeks ago about Emily from some woman. Uh, message said that she was a police technician, Daisy something. Daisy Chow? Yes. Yeah, I called her back on Monday, but uh, her extension had been disconnected. That was the day she was murdered. Is the first thing you do when a colleague dies is disconnect their phone? Some fucking cold-hearted shit, man. Disconnect her phone immediately! <laughs> that is some cold-hearted shit. That's like... 
when you're at work and like the day somebody is either fired or quits that day, it's like so-and-so has left slack. That is some cold-hearted <laughs> shit. <laughs> but when they've been murdered, oh. Yes. Jenkins, I need your help. You need to get a help wanted ad in the post immediately. <laughs> because here's the problem, right? The reason that so-and-so has left Slack when they've been fired or quit is for security reasons. Daisy's dead. Like, she's not going to be hacking into, like, the company voicemail anytime soon, man. It's okay just to, like, let it ride for a few days. It seems like you still would want to check who might be calling. Exactly. She's dead. It's also an unrealistic amount of competence. Like, you've worked with people before, right? (laughs) Yeah. They can't get the stuff that they're supposed to do, that they're expecting, that they know is due on a particular day. When something happens that's a surprise. Says the woman who owes her publisher something. (laughs) (laughs) I know whereof I speak is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and these are public employees, too, I mean, right? Someone might be calling saying, where's that leg? Yeah. <laughs> so on the stand, after she claims everyone wants her, and even Cutter wants her... You were gonna help me! This isn't helping me! I was gonna help you? <laughs> you said! Why would I help you? Because... You want it! You want this... She grabs her own crotch and starts flicking her bean right on, at NBC. Flicking right to, her bean. Yeah, she starts to diddle her skittle and <laughs> just is like, oh, oh, it was kind of uncomfortable. It was weird. It was kind of uncomfortable? <laughs> it's like she all of a sudden turned into a nymphomaniac when that hadn't been what her character was, right? It wasn't like she couldn't control herself. No. no thinking about it? <laughs> It was well, weird, right? It was, yeah, it was completely weird. The whole thing was weird. When she turns to the the judge and says, <laughs> Why are you letting him do this, Robert? You said you'd help me. Excuse me? You promised me. You said if I spent the weekend with you on your sailboat after the trial, you would help me. You gave me your word. <sighs> Council in chambers. And then that's supposed to be some kind of excuse for doing the illegal thing. Like, it doesn't really matter if somebody told you to or not, which is all a lie anyway. But when she looks at the judge and says that, and then the judge is sitting there scandalized, like, it isn't so completely obvious that this is the game that she's up to. And people who play these kinds of games are, like, a little smarter than that, or they wouldn't get as far as she got. So to suddenly take her character and make her into this like unbelievably stupid femme fatale. So I will say the judge move, as stupid as it was in this context, mm-hmm. is something I've put in my pocket to like use maybe someday <laughs> in my own life. Like what? if I'm ever really in a pickle, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's say I murder you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hypothetically. And I am on the, and I am on the stand in my own defense, which I know my lawyer will tell me not to do, right. but I will insist. Yep. I'm testifying in my own defense because I'm a talker, as you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have filed that move away for future use. If it starts going poorly? Really poorly. Yeah. What would you say? Judge, you said if I got on the stand and, and like said this, that we could spend the weekend together. And he's going to be boat. like- boat. Exactly. I mean, I filed it away. I mean- What if you had a female judge? I have never seen it. I mean, I'll do the same Let's thing. Do the same thing. Why I mean, not? Why right. be so heteronormative, yeah. Kevin? Just checking. <laughs> Can we talk about I'm the I'm challenging fact- you. Don't challenge me. I'm challenging you. <laughs> yeah, angry. I got to say, though, like this, the sort of 
declining the penalty of the mistrial? I'm declaring a mistrial. So that she can do the same thing to the judge at a retrial? Your Honor, you'd be rewarding her bad behavior. You want to continue? Yes. If even one juror believes her outrageous accusations, it could hang the jury. I'll take that chance. I don't know. How about we just go back out there and see what happens? (laughs) (laughs) Which is, of course... The way lawyers are all the time. Lawyers never yeah. plan anything out. They're always shooting from the hip, you know? Um, yeah, it's it's so, it's such a fever dream of an episode. Like, I yeah. have no idea what is happening here. Or ha- I, I, my only guess is it really reads like a first rough draft that somebody was brought in at the last minute and had to just write this up in about a couple of hours before they started to film. That's the only thing I can think of for for how it got to that point at the end where you're just like, you know what, fuck it. We'll just we'll just bring everything out. We'll have her touch herself in the middle of the thing. It'll be exciting. And then we'll just yeah. shoot another episode, you know? Yeah, and then, we'll, yeah. and then we'll give her a feminine wipe and it'll be all set. Give exactly. her a feminine wipe and it's all done. Yeah. We have a woman who's in jail after a crime tech planted evidence to frame someone else mm-hmm. there was a questionable there was a constitutionally questionable search and the judge declined to grant a mistrial after she threatened to fuck everybody in the room <laughs> ladies and gentlemen i give you serial season four mm. <laughs> she's got great grounds for an appeal disney plus and hulu are better together in the disney bundle with new movies and series On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Well, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. What? It's what? time for Rip from the Headlines. What? No! You think you know who did it. think you know who did it. <laughs> but you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Rip from the Headlines. This episode takes cues from the 2009 story of Carrie Farrell, known in the tabloids as the hipster grifter. Farrell was the Korean girl growing up in Salt Lake City. After dropping out of school, she began scamming money from boyfriends she'd repay with rubber checks. When confronted, she held victims at bay with stories of being pregnant, having a terminal illness, or with aggressive sexual innuendo. Pharrell was arrested for forging a Western Union money order, but skipped bail and fled to New York. The tattoo-covered, coffee-loving Pharrell landed in Brooklyn hipster neighbourhood. She was familiar to clubgoers as a party girl dying of lung cancer who talked her way into concerts and in the beds of rich men. 
Pharrell got a job as an assistant at Vice magazine. A week into the job, the publisher googled her name and learned she was wanted in Utah. Vice ran a salacious article on her, which spawned a tabloid frenzy. Carrie Farrell was recaptured, returned to Salt Lake City and served six months of felony forgery charges. She made the headlines again in 2018 after being caught posing as a magazine correspondent at New York Fashion Week. By the way, what do you think the Vice headline was? What? It was, we hired a, hi- we hired a grifter. <laughs> of course. Of course. Again. Again, yeah. Mm. <laughs> all right, look, guys, you know me. I'm all for a woman owning her sexuality. You are. But when she uses it to deceive someone in furtherance of a crime, I think it gives us permission here at These Are Their Stories to evaluate that in the serious and sober manner in which we do things. So what you're saying is, are you saying that, like, this is one instance where someone owning their sexuality for reasons... That may be nefarious gives you permission to say maybe that wasn't cool in that one instance. No, I'm just trying to say we're going to tell jokes about her. Oh, now, okay. okay, so okay. that's what you're don't saying. Don't at me, okay? Uh-huh. Yes, yes, got it, got uh, it. So the profile said that she uh, had a come on or she came on to one of her marks by writing a note on a napkin that said, I want to give you a hand job with my mouth. <laughs> Is she an alien? Is that how story works? Wow. (laughs) You know what I'm going to say? I think I can say with perfect like confidence, that is not how story works. That is how curiosity happens, because I'm sitting here just like how... Yeah, I mean, I guess that's could, not how hand jobs work either. It's like a very dry blowjob, is what it sounds like. <laughs> or a very wet hand job. Yeah. A very high friction. Yeah, ugh. <laughs> She also told the bartender that she wanted him to throw a hot dog down her hallway. Ah. No? That one is that's that, a weird? Yeah. There, I mean I mean, first of all, yeah. that doesn't imply anything sexy. I mean No, I, it doesn't. That's like that's like one of those jokes at the end of Grumpy Old Men. Remember like riding a skin boat to Tuna Town kind of thing? Like yes. there's nothing sexy. Yeah. Taking old one eye to the optometrist. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing hot there at all. <laughs> While she tried to parlay her infamy into a job uh, in the media. I mean, she did. She, she didn't try. She mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Well, this is after yeah. the, the thing came out. She was a YouTube correspondent at the New York Art Fair. Do you know who her co-host was? Tell me. DJ Mayonnaise Hands. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 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 All right, I'm just going to say DJ Manny's hands is who I want to make my grilled cheese sandwich. So Pharrell is active on Instagram. Her handle is ready hot dog hand jobs. No, I'm I'm 100 percent serious. Seriously, no. Yeah, it's hot dog hand jobs. Rebecca's going to look it up right 100%. now. 100 percent. Well, on her Instagram, she keeps a list of Instagram highlights for her favorite romance titles in a particular subgenre. Are you ready? Yes. It's romance novels in which the protagonist is a sexy single dad. Oh, mm. so I'm, that's fine. So take I mean, notes, Lonnie. Not take wrong. Notes, Lonnie. Right? That's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lonnie. By the way, what under what name do you write your romance novels? Uh, Lonnie Dinerich. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and Lucy March. I wrote some as Lucy That's, March, too. Yeah, so okay. they're, they're two names, yes. Mm-hmm. 
Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, here are some of the titles. Most eligible daddy. Ooh. <laughs> so, so bad. You think baby doll is bad? No, it Come is. On. It is. It's gross. Uh, <laughs> another title. From heart surgeon to single dad. Whoa. That just sounds like a bad heart wait, surgeon. Wait, 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 wait. I killed your wife. Wait, wait, wait. Why are those mutually exclusive, though? Wait, they're not. I mean, you... Like, how do you go from one to the other? I didn't read the book, Rebecca. <laughs> from heart surgeon to single dad. Yeah. Well, I think and. that if you have a really bad heart surgeon, you may wind up a single dad because your wife dies. Maybe. Right? Oh. Mm. Oh. Like, oh. Visited the, oh, like visited the heart surgeon, then became a single dad. Yeah. Like you're be. not the heart surgeon. I don't know. So Drove he went- to the heart surgeon. From the heart surgeon and then became a single dad. Got it. Like a Dr. Death kind of scenario. Right. Yeah. Got it. Got it. All right. Here's some other ones. Carrying the single dad's baby. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wonder what that one's about. <laughs> Alaska bound. The single dad's email order bride. Ooh. Email order. That's modern. Yeah. I like it. My favorite one. The single dad's virgin wife. So weird. That's very specific. The single dad's virgin wife. I I I I, I don't know what to do with that. That's like <laughs> that's like babysitter porn. Yes. <laughs> Except married. That's a little weird. And based on kind of a bullshit concept anyway. But yeah. 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 How about this one? Carrying the single dad's baby. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's go back to that one. one. Yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. probably the hottest of that entire list. Yes, let's be I think real. So. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. We want to thank our special guest, Lonnie Diane Rich. Lonnie, where can our listeners follow you online? Anybody wants to come find me can uh, come to Chipperish Media and you'll find all my podcasts there. I'm also doing a podcast on the Sandman comics and the TV show coming from Netflix. So uh, check that out. That's Endless Podcast. And Rebecca Lavoy, how can listeners follow you? Well, first of all, just to note, Hot Dog Handjob has been married for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Good for Hot Dog Handjob. Look at his hipster husband in but, that post. Yeah, I'm just saying, he's a very handsome-looking single dad. He's like, yeah, all I right. get all my Hot Dog Handjobs right here. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Reb Lavoy. And you can follow me on Twitter at DJ Mayonnaise Hands. You can also tweet <laughs> to us at Law & Order Pod. Or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freighter. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Content assistance from Travis Roy, Lily Flynn Handles Promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. All clips in this podcast are used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. Go to lawandorderpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Other Stories was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Partners in Crime Media. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.